From Toronto, Canada, The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrin. Welcome, friends. Good to have you aboard. Just a heads up what's coming up on the program. A little bit uh, later, towards what we call in the radio biz as the bottom of the hour, uh, our good friend Victor Vigiani will be uh, with us. Now, you know Victor, uh, who's a frequent guest on the program. Whenever we delve into uh, the UFO extraterrestrial arena, uh, Victor is usually riding shotgun on this program. And uh, uh, Victor is going to join us by Skype a little bit later. Victor, as it turns out, is quite the investigative journalist. And what he has uncovered, well, this is actually has been ongoing for several years, but I guess through the Freedom of Information Act, he has obtained a number of NORAD documents which tend to suggest or tend to support the idea that Canadian Air Force fighter jets have engaged UFOs. And for the first time uh, tonight, he's going to, uh, to go public with those documents. So that'll be a little bit later. Before we get to that, do you remember uh, the back of comic books? You used to uh, see these ads for X-ray goggles. I always remember that. There was a, a newsletter back then. It was called Grit. And if you sold, you could basically become a grit carrier or a, a distributor. And if you sold enough grit newsletters, you would earn enough money to buy these x-ray goggles. And what adolescent boy <laughs> didn't want a pair of x-ray goggles? I'll let you sort of connect the dots there. Of course, they never worked. But we have uh, a gentleman standing by who is the real deal when it comes to x-ray eyes. They call him the man with x-ray eyes. And uh, uh, he's been a frequent guest and a good friend of this program for many, many years. And he's standing by in just a moment. Before we get that, coming up next week on the program, I think this is very important. I want to talk to you about it. The U.S. government apparently has this secret plan to shut off cell phones and the Internet. And uh, this month, the United States District Court for the District of Columbia ruled that the Department of Homeland Security must make its plan to shut off the Internet and cell phone communications available to the American public. And you're saying, wait a minute, there's a, they have a plan to shut off the Internet and cell phone communication? Yes, they do. And they've been keeping it a secret. But a number of intrepid reporters, again, through the Freedom of Information Act, have been trying to get the Department of Homeland Security to release details about this plan, but nobody knows anything about it. But it's called a kill switch. The government has this authority to disconnect commercial and private wireless networks affecting both cell phones and the Internet in the event of an emergency, such as a viable threat of a terrorist attack. Oh, where have we heard that before? Right? Does the term false flag mean anything to you? So here we have... Now, I don't know what the technology would be involved, but we're going to find out next week on the program. How would a, such a kill switch work? Is there some sort of big red button that President Obama could uh, push to turn off the wireless networks? What is this plan, this secret plan to shut off cell phones and the Internet? And why is the Department of Homeland Security going to court to prevent them having to reveal this information to the public? So we'll discuss that next week on the program. All right, back to the man with X-ray eyes. I think I've known uh, Douglas James Cottrell for probably 20 years, uh, going back to my days as a, a producer in talk radio, and he's been uh, certainly a mainstay of this program. He is, of course, uh, a remote viewer, but he's also a medical intuitive, and hence the name of the man with X-ray eyes. Uh, he's also 
an accomplished uh, author, The Secrets of Life, and um, The Law of One, which we've uh, talked about recently on the program. And he's also the author of um, the, Ren- the New Renaissance, A Prophecy of 2012 and Beyond, which has been published now in, in I think, a dozen languages or so. Anyway, it's great to have our good friend, Douglas James Cottrell, back on the program. Hello, Douglas. It's always a pleasure to be here, Richard. This is a fantastic show tonight, listening to the previous guests and all the revelations in Isaiah and what's happening with the, with the world and what I'm talking about as far as uh, some of the predictions I've made on your show about the oceans heating up and the uh, North Pole slipping around and uh, the ice caps melting and all those things. It looks like yeah, doom and gloom, but there's a fascinating opinion when you see in, in Bible uh, prophecy that these things have been predicted and America is following in the footsteps uh, of those prophecies. And just amazing. We've had you on many times in the capacity of a remote viewer, uh, where you've, you've, you've talked about, uh, earth changes and, and, um, and so forth. Uh, but we haven't, uh, in quite a while, had you on in the capacity of a, a, of a medical intuitive. Now, what is exactly, what is a medical intuitive? Well, it's a term that's recently come up, uh, in the last few years, which means somebody has the ability intuitively to see a person's health condition. Like Edgar Casey or Ross Peterson or Paul Solomon or even myself over the last 40 years, it's almost 40 years now since I've started, uh, there is this ability to intuitively uh, look forward, uh, first of all, to see the future, second of all, to uh, look into somebody's uh, body and be able to see what's going on. And clairvoyance is the uh, talent, meaning clear seeing. And so um, the term medical uh, intuitive has, has been bounced around for a long time, which means that intuitive people would be able to say, oh, I see you have a problem with your heart or you have a problem with uh, some other part of your body. And they make a medical, this is not a correct term, but they make a medical diagnosis, uh, which is a loose term for really clairvoyance. I don't diagnose anyone. What I do is I see into their body. And it was a long time ago when I think it was Ron Knight up in Richmond Hill that uh, tagged that label on me, the man with x-ray eyes, when I was doing a show a long time ago. It was in my early 20s back then. But the idea is that uh, people call, and we've done many shows here uh, over the last, and we haven't done, as you say, recently, where people would call up from your audience, which are thousands and thousands of people, and with somebody saying their name, John or Mary or whatever, I would be able to look at them in a remote viewing, mind-projecting kind of way and be able to see inside their body. And I would say, oh, I see a problem here, I see a problem there. It's awfully and dark in there. What do you I mean? What exactly sometimes. do you see? How do you see? Well, I do you see organs and flesh? And mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it, you're hitting a nail on the head. Recently, in the last couple of months, something's changed which my power or ability to see clearer is enhanced. And when you apply the telekinetic ability to uh, move bones, uh, to do spiritual healing, if you will, or energy healing, as they say, you can see clearly inside a body, and you can also uh, affect the body by this energy, that, for lack of a better term, this life energy, that you're able to project with imagery, and with skill, which is what I'm going to be showing people at our upcoming conference here in Toronto in a couple of weeks, that anyone can develop disability. But you're right. Sometimes it's dark inside a body, and sometimes it's very luminous. I was looking in a lady's uh, abdomen the other day. She was complaining why she was having 
uh, a lot of pain in her stomach. And I could see an ulcerated condition where I saw the lining of the stomach uh, had been re- uh, had dis- uh, dissolved. And I could actually see the muscle and the red blood or red redness of blood in the body. Now, again, this is not gory, but it can be. It's not for the squeamish, but it, uh, it, it sort of comes upon you as you start to see things. It's like looking through... You know that beer commercial where they have several glasses in a row and yes. you can't see clearly? Well, it's like taking them in reverse. You take one away until eventually you can see clearer, more clear, and eventually you're looking specifically at, at uh, an organ as if you're looking at a picture. And this is the ability I have. And for me, it's like a movie. I don't and you're saying that anybody can learn to do this? Yes, anybody can do it. Now, some people are naturally capable. Other people have to strive uh, to to uh, accomplish this. And there are some people in society who cannot see in their mind, they cannot see a vision, but they can feel things. So those people, this is the test. Uh, If if I say to the audience, can you see uh, the Eiffel Tower in your mind, in your mind's eye? If you can see that, then you have the capability of, uh, of developing your clairvoyance. For those people who can't, they have the capability of developing their clairsentience, which is their feeling. You know, I feel hot, I feel cold, I feel worried, something's wrong, I feel whatever. This goes into premonition and precognition, uh, where clairvoyance goes into prediction and prophecy. And this is what I'm teaching people and have for a long time. We have our Mini Mansion Spiritual Center in Hamilton, which is a, a huge uh, organization. We're almost ready for the official opening uh, because of all the upgrades we've had to do to the building. Uh, but people have over the years in all the countries I've traveled to, and I've traveled extensively in Norway and Spain and, and, and Poland and different places across the U.S., and I'm back here in Canada now starting a tour to teach people, to show people that you can develop these abilities, the clairsentient abilities, the feeling abilities, the telekinetic ability to be able to move wands or pendulums, but those are the indicators. The real thing is to be able to affect a physical body. Somebody had a whiplash in Spain a couple of days ago, I could see very clearly two bones, the second or third bone in the top and the third or fourth or fifth bone in the bottom. can't remember which one. But I was able to push my fingers through the air. This might even look magical, but it's not. It's, it's recorded in the Bible. This is how spiritual healing at a distance occurs. And I was able to put the bones back in place, the top bone in line with the others and the bottom one back in line. And it was confirmed the day before the lady went and had a, a X-ray and saw a physician, and the day after this healing, which was the third day after, the bones were back in place. She had confirmation of it. We were talking earlier about uh, the previous uh, host here, George. Uh, we did, he had a, a similar healing a long time ago. Well, yes, we'll take a time out. We'll come back. We'll talk about uh, our good old uh, friend George Genescu. We'll take you back to uh, something that happened on this program several years ago that sort of demonstrates uh, your point. Douglas James Cottrell, the man with X-ray eyes. Canada's Edgar Casey. Uh, we'll open up the phone lines as well. And uh, We're not doing medical diagnosis here. As always, consult your doctor. We don't have a disclaimer, so I'll say it. Uh, but with X-ray eyes can uh, remotely peer into your body and perhaps uh, tell you what might be ailing you. We'll do that when we come back. The Conspiracy Show. My name is Richard Serrett. Don't go away. Shaking the world and seeing what falls. 
This is The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett. And welcome back. Douglas James Cottrell is uh, with us, the man with X-ray eyes, Canada's Edgar Casey, the author of The Secrets of Life, and also uh, The New Renaissance, A Prophecy for 2012 and Beyond, which has been uh, now translated into a number of uh, languages, Spanish, Portuguese, French. And uh, Douglas is here in the capacity of a medical intuitive. And um, if you'd like to call in, he can peer remotely inside your body and, and let you know what's going on in there and maybe what you need to be uh, concerned about. Again, not a medical diagnosis and consult your physician. All right, Tony is in Brampton. Hello, Tony. Welcome to The Conspiracy Show. Hello, Richard and Douglas. Hi, Tony. All right, now how does this work? Do you need any more from, uh, no, from him or can you just tell Tony what he needs to know? Well, ask me a question, Tony. What do you, what do you okay, want to know? Okay, I suffer from Crohn's disease. Is there anything you can do about that? Okay, well, let me look in my, ba- in my mind and see... Uh, my uh, attention immediately goes to your back. You have uh, uh, some, it looks like the vertebrae in your back are almost like stacked, like blocks, one on top of the other. And that tells me that the nerve flows going from the back around the front are into the intestine aren't working. You have a bile problem. It looks like it's almost like cake inside your intestine that I'm looking at. And I think that uh, your diet needs to be more of a Mediterranean one, and you need a lot of grape juice, uh, mixing the grape juice two ounces with two ounces of water, and taking that before food's ingested will help you. You have a, you have one of those blood types that, that uh, have great difficulty in moving food through the intestine, but it comes from your back. I'm looking at uh, from the, the last dorsal to most of the lumbars in your back, almost like they're just like a straight line, which they should be in a nice passive curve. And that seems to be the problems coming. You also have some uh, palpations in your heart. And the dryness in your throat or what's going on in your throat is uh, um, not really related to the Crohn's, but it's got something to do with you have some infection in your ear or throat, and it's just red in my, in my eye. Does that sound pretty close to what's going on? Yes, thank you very much. Okay. Let, so, me, uh, let me, if I could just jump in here, for, because this is fascinating. So, Tony, the, yeah. the, uh, the, the spine, it, is that true? Do you have back problems? Uh, lower back problems, yes. Mm-hmm. And that's from an old Air Force injury. Ah. And could that? Do you, have you been told that that might be related to your Crohn's disease? No, or there's a connection. Prob- not at all. Probably not, Richard. No. No. He needs to see an osteopath, which is a passive way to uh, get the bones, get the muscles to relax. So the muscles hold the body together, and the bones hold the body apart. The trouble is the tendons sneak up on us and they shrink. And when they shrink, it's really hard to get them separate. You need good massage using, you know, which, which Tony could do with castor oil and heat packs and infrared light. But needs to see an osteopath. Chiropractor would hurt, and that'll start the nerve flows. And the next thing I'm looking at, because these images come very fast when I see people, is that you need to go into some uh, whirlpool, uh, whirlpool with apple cider vinegar in there to get the nerve flows stimulating. Your problem is that nerves are not carrying the messages from the medullum and cerebellum or the upper back of the brain because you have also some difficulties in the top two bones in your neck and your head's tilted back a little in my vision. So you're, you're messed up a little bit, Tony, but uh, uh, osteopath, chiropractor, massage, whirlpool, anything to get those muscles freed up will let the nerve flow start. But look at a Mediterranean diet or a Vietnamese-type diet and drink a lot of uh, uh, red wine or watered-down uh, grape juice. 
You miss a help to the digestion. All right, Tony and Brampton, thank you for that. Now, thank you very much. You're, you're welcome, again, Tony. Good you know, luck. You're not a medical doctor, uh, so we we ask listeners to consult their uh, their medical doctors. But where does this information come to you? You're throwing around words like you know uh, lumbar and cerebellum, and you have no medical training. So is this coming from the Akashic Record, or where does this come from? Well, when I listen to you, Richard, and you know I've said this before, you're an amazing host. I don't know where you get the vocabulary you do, and you're able to pull things out of the air. It's because of your experience and your, your capabilities. I'm not that intellectual a person, but over 40 years of dealing with people like Edgar Casey or Ross Peterson and, and finding out about what's going on, you get the terms because the readings would say this or that, you know, uh, adiosyncrum valve here, or large intestine there, and, and you, you find these terms out. And so they come to my mind because they're in memory. It's not a training, but it's a memory. And so when I'm looking at these different things, it's like, Flash, 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 flash. In the old days, it used to be flash, <laughs> one, two, three, flash, one, two, three. And you'll see that same ability with psychic people who are trying to, they're almost like they're, you know, they're, they're, they're having a, uh, some gut wrenching movement. They're trying to like pull things out of the air. It's so difficult for them to start with. Uh, indeed it is. It's a matter of getting past the rational mind, which is your logic, intellectual, uh, reasoning and uh, factors in your brain, your personality. But after you get by that, and they come very quickly, in 40 years now. So I'm, I'm pulling terms out because my mind is going around like Tony's body. My attention is scanning him. He once told me that before. It's like we're scanning people. And I think it was a long time ago on your show where there was a lady standing in a doorway, and I was looking at her, and she reported later that it felt like a, a heat beam going from down her body from her head to her toes and then back up. And then I asked her, uh, if she was standing in a doorway with a phone on the wall back in the old days when we had hardware f- phones, and she said, yes, she was. And then I said, who are the people around the corner? And I could see a beer bottle. And with that, we heard, oh, my God, he's looking at us or something. Right, right. And the bottle fell off the, the table. So it's remote viewing, but it's right there. And it seems to be the person's name attaches, uh, my attention goes there. And then I just follow my attention. My attention goes through the body, as we do with Tony. It jumped all over, and he confirmed he had all these difficulties. All right. Is it Walter in uh, London? Walter, welcome to The Conspiracy Show. You're on the air. Yes, hello. Hi there. Hi, Walter. I'm getting up to an age, but my health's been good. I'm suffering from uh, rosacea, and I'm concerned about inflammation. It's just in the news all the time now. Inflammation, and you're talking about leaky gut syndrome. Is that what you're referring to? Because that's where my attention goes. I'm sorry? Leaky gut syndrome is uh, my attention goes to your abdomen. I see. And uh, throughout your body, I, I think you could do things like the, like slippery elm tea to help stop gap the intestine. Uh, you look across your shoulders, looks really stiff and they're red. I'm looking at the, and also dark in your neck. So I'm getting really poor blood supply, blood flow in your upper body and also into your legs. And your feet look like they're like cartoon, like your toes are really big. Do you have problems in your feet or toes? No, not really. No. Okay. Well, they're ballooning up in my, in my image or my mind here. Mm-hmm. And that would take me to some sort of effect that you have either gout developing or circulation or lymph, you know, usually when you see feet expand, it's it's a um, circulation and uh, an lymph system problem. Well, gout uh, in my family. Okay, well, I'm picking this up. You might not be aware of it, but, uh, you know, this is where my attention is going now. I always follow my attention and spit out. And this edema in your legs might be what I'm looking at, like a fluid condition. Right. However, uh, inflammation in your body, castor oil massages for the upper back, and uh, I'm also looking at somebody pressing on the back in a certain way. 
like a chiropractor, but they've got their hands going up and down your spine in a certain way. Mm-hmm. So I would say some sort of shiatsu or, or some other specialized massage for that. All right, thank you. All right, uh, Walter, uh, thank you very much for that. We, 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 before we get to the back to the phones, we were going to talk about uh, our, my colleague here, George Genescu. And um, uh, he, one night, uh, this was going back a couple of years ago, uh, you came into the studio and we noticed that George was hobbling around. And uh, well, I can't remember. Well, more, like, more like you noticed. I didn't see him, actually. That's right. That's right. He left before you arrived. Right. And George was hobbling around. And I said to George, I think he had was something in his knee or in his back. I can't remember. I think it was his back. Well, you said something wrong with his leg. You noticed he was walking down the hall on you, uh, hallway and you saw him limping. That's right. So That's I asked where we him. started. That's right. So I asked, I said, George, what's, what's wrong? And he, you know, oh, I've got this horrible leg problem or back problem. This is going back a few years. I'm a little foggy. So I said, well, just luck would have it. I, I have my good friend Douglas James Cottrell coming in, and he's a remote viewer, and he's a medical intuitive, and maybe uh, you know I can get him to send out some healing energy to you. And George kind of said, oh, sure, that'd be great, ha, ha, ha. So George gets in his car after his show, and he's driving up the, the 404 on his way home, and it takes him a, you know, a good hour to get up there. And uh, usually he listens to me to keep him awake mm-hmm. while he's driving home. Now, George is no spring chicken. He's, you know, he's going to be 80, 80 years old. So you come in, and I, you sit down in the chair, and we turn the mics on, and I explain the situation with George, and I said, would you mind sending out some, some healing energy? George is having problems with his leg or his back. And so you did, live on the air. Now, I didn't know at the time, but George wasn't listening to the show that night. His son had called him on his cell phone. And uh, I guess maybe I'm telling tales out of school. You're not supposed to be talking on your cell phone. He had hands-free. Yeah, it was hands-free, of course. Of course. Yeah, it, was, it was a big loss. So he didn't, he didn't hear that you were in the studio talking to them. But all of a sudden, the next week, uh, the next week George reported back to me. He said, I'm driving along, and all of a sudden, the weirdest thing happened. I felt this burning sensation in my back, and I thought I was having a heart attack. Mm-hmm. He pulled his car over to the side of the highway, got out, and was in a bit of a panic. He thought, this is it. Uh, and then the the pain that burnt not a pain but that burning sensation subsided. The next thing he knew, the Wait. pain in his back and his leg were gone. And he continued on home. And then I told him, you know, when I saw him that week, I said, "Well, well didn't you hear? Douglas was in the studio. He sent out that healing energy to you." And he said, "I didn't hear the show. I was on the phone with my son on the way home." And when I told him what you did, he fell out of his chair. Well, I recall that you asked me to uh, send uh, some energy to him, and we started off in the back of his uh, neck and shoulders, and we sent, uh, had my hands in the air like I am now, and sending this energy out, just like biblical times. Uh, all the saints are in the, in the temples. You see them with their hands up and their shoulders, so I have my hands up like that. And we're sending energy, and we started off in his neck and shoulders, went down his spine to his pelvis, and I was said, you know, the sending heat there. And, of course, with the people who are listening, it amplifies the energy, the power, if you will. And this is what I said. I saw this, this energy going down. And the next time I saw George is what he said. He felt this terrible pain or this, this warm feeling in the top of his shoulders and went down his spine to his hips. And that's when he told us uh, that he was having his heart attack. But the most important thing was this was an actual miracle. Uh, he was far away. He didn't know what was happening. Uh, I was on the air live doing this. The pain went away permanently. Even till today when we mentioned hello today, he said the pain has never come back in his hip. He had a genuine miracle, if they, and this was all documented on the air. All right. Uh, who do we have next, Tim? 
do you remember who we have coming up on the on the phones? All right, let's just put them on the air and find out who it is. Roll the dice. Roll the dice. <laughs> Hello, sir or ma'am, you are on the air. Who who do we have with us? Hello, caller. Hello. Hi, who is this? This is Bruce from Scarborough. Hey, Bruce from Scarborough. Welcome to the program, and uh, you're uh, you're uh, on the line with Douglas James Cottrell. Hi. Hi, guys. Thanks for taking my call. What can we do tonight for you, Bruce? Well, I, uh, I've i been diagnosed basically with rheumatoid arthritis. Um, I've had a... I get swelling in my wrists real bad. I, my hands are starting to deform uh, a little. My knees are terrible. Okay, well, my impression first goes well, to your kidneys, Bruce. You I'm have, sorry? My, inten- my attention first goes to your kidneys. It does? Uh, this is where I think the problem is in your body, and this is the place to start. You need acupuncture or you need castor oil packs on your kidneys because you're starting to develop that edema problem uh, that I spoke of with a previous caller. And uh, the the problem is that your body's not getting rid of the toxins and the uh, sediments in the body. Now, one of the remedies that I recommend, again, I'm not a medical doctor, and I'm just throwing this out because it comes to my mind intuitively, is I see with black cherry juice or at least cherry juice it will help. Uh, and also I think that if you get into uh, other juices, you'll find that your body will respond very quickly. You should have vegetable juices uh, and cranberry juice as well. Uh, grape juice and grape seed extract comes to my mind as well. These these will be things to help you with your arthritic condition. But castor oil is anti-inflammatory. It's a Edgar Casey remedy. Ross Peterson, myself, have recommended it almost in well 90% of the time for people who have really difficult situations like you are. But my attention goes to your kidneys. This is the place to start. Did, go, you, did go, you say castor oil? Yeah, castor oil. Not talking about ingesting it. I'm talking about rubbing it on. Rubbing. Okay. <laughs> okay. All right, rubbing it on. Is that uh, never heard that? All right, Bruce. Make sure you consult your physician. Uh, but there you go. Go see Thank a, you very much. Go see a skilled acupuncturist. Okay. Okay. Thank you. You're welcome. Uh, now, I have to. I've always wondered since I've known you. I may have asked you this before, but as a medical intuitive, I mean, are you able to uh, turn this off? Because let's say, for example, someone comes up to you and they want to know, you know, what's going on inside their body and you peer inside and the news is not good. Let's say their their body is just riddled with cancer. Yes. Are you able to, I mean, what do you, what do you say to someone like well, that? Well, it depends on the person and you see what's going on and you tell them what you see. There was a little girl named Sophie and she had a burst vein one night and the father came and asked, uh, would her soul like to give up the organs in her body? And I said, she's not going to die. She's going to come out of her coma the next day and things are going to be better, and they were. So you see, you rescue some people. Other times when you say, I don't think there's much I can do. I had a couple of fellows who are Marines, uh, ex-Marines in California, I had to say to his brother the other day, I don't think that your brother's going to make it. So it's what I tell him what to see, but again, as I'm a counselor, a professional counselor for 40 years, I'm able to handle those difficult situations. All right, listen, we're, we're going to get to Victor Vigiani. Tim, if you could tell Victor Vigiani with the uh, NORAD documents, we'll be with him at, uh, in, in, a, in a few moments. I want to do one more quick segment with, uh, with Douglas. Douglas James Cottrell, Medical Intuitive, The Secrets to Perceiving the Future and Developing Your ESP here in Toronto, December 14th. I'll give you more details when we come back. The Conspiracy Show. Stay with us. Don't be afraid of the dark. The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett. 
And uh, just a few moments remain here with Douglas James Cottrell. Victor Vigiani from Zealand News Network is standing by. Thank you, Victor, for your patience. We're going to talk about the uh, the NORAD documents that he's uncovered and really talk about it, uh, I suppose, in, in uh, detail for the first time in public um, uh, regarding... Um, Canadian jet fighters uh, in encountering or interacting with UFOs. So uh, Douglas James Cottrell stays with us just for a few moments yet. Now, kind of a personal thing here. I have a relative, my mother-in-law, and she has a great deal of arthritic pain. She was just telling me this evening at uh, at supper, you know, her bones just ache terribly. And I'm just wondering if uh, maybe you could send out some uh, some healing energy to her, and what can you tell me? What's going on there? Well, as I uh, we briefly mentioned off the air, and uh, my first impression was that her diet's really bad. And uh, I would suggest that she looks more, uh, again, the nutrition and assimilation of nutrition in her body is really poor. And uh, she has a weak elimination system going on. Now, I have my hands in the air like that, and I'm sending out the energy to her, and we're noting that what time it is. And, 12.37 yeah, and she, Eastern. And she may be waking up right now and saying, what the heck's going on? The, the energy coming out of my hand is moderate. It's not like really fast and hard. It's just it's a moderate energy going out, and I'm going through her body. What she needs is a uh, is massage, and she needs hot and cold baths, really, really hot and really, really cold, one after the other. And that's going to make the circulation go out to the skin surface, and it's going to go back down. This is a lady who hasn't perspired in a long time. It's a lady who's been inside a lot, and we need to get her outside. We need her getting perspiring to get the poison out of her body through perspiration. Her kidneys are a little shriveled up, so we need a lot of water going through the body. And the small intestine is really packed with a lot of stuff, fat and uh, uh, just stuff. So there are problems in the intestine. So I'm sending this energy out to her to try to get the, uh, the sediment out of it. But she needs to change her diet greatly. And, um, you know, if, if uh, we can get her into a situation of more um, fish, baked, boiled, or broiled, uh, no, no fatty foods, no breads, no cheeses, nothing to jam up the intestine. She'll do better because what's happening is the body's polluted. It's holding on to the uh, uh, the sediment that should be given out. You know, when you when you have a brand new baby and you give the baby breast milk or milk, and you know you see what goes in, but you say, "Where's all this stuff coming out?" Because it's huge. This is how the body's supposed to work. And as we get older, that eliminations go smaller and smaller and this is what your main the main situation with your relative is i would suggest uh, enema uh, uh, therapy and i would suggest a lot of uh, 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 olive oil to try to keep the body well she certainly had, there's lots of olive oil yeah. uh, but no cheeses nothing like that this is uh, all dairy products are really bad for her are you able to you know that old saying physician heal thyself i mean you're not a physician you're not a medical doctor but i mean do you are you able to... I'm in perfect health, except that I'm limping around. Too many airplanes, too many cars, football injuries, and not paying attention. I'm now getting some osteopathic adjustment for myself, and my, my, my famous limp is not going away. But I'm in an airplane for 9, 10, 12 hours at a time, and then I, when I go to different countries, I sit behind a desk, and I talk to people for 9 or 10 hours straight, and so I haven't been taking care of myself. And, and now I'm sending energy to my myself. My eyes are getting a little better. I'm 63 now, or because I'm dyslexic, I'm only 36. Actually, I'll be 64 at the end of the month. So I'm able to keep myself. I mean, I don't look like I'm 64 years old. No. no. I mean, I'm in, I, mean, I have that Not heal- a day over 58. Okay. I have that healer's uh, look where it's a youthful look. 
you know, my hair is not white, although it's thinning, but I'm in pretty good shape. I got my teeth, I got my life, you know, I'm doing okay. But if I were if I were to pay more attention to more exercise, I would probably be a lot better off. But yeah, I can heal myself and I can see what's going on. I have dreams ahead of time to eat this or do that, and uh, to pay attention to these things is is all that I need to do. But anyway, yeah, I've, I've got some old football injuries that are creeping up on me now. Okay, now I don't want to I don't want to embarrass uh, Tim, but Tim likes the Red Bull. Are you still drinking like what two or three Red Bulls a night, Tim? How many? How many? Uh, Tim, get away from that stuff. He's always oh, drinking tea now. How was how was Tim good, doing? Good man. Well, uh, the Red Bull stuff, all that's it's good for stimulation, but that just drives your metabolism. It, it, pays, it plays havoc with your pancreas and your spleen. Uh, for young people, energy good, but you know, like me, I used to bang my head on the wall playing football, and now I'm paying the price from way back when. But I would kill to have Tim's metabolism. Look at he's a hoe handle. He, he's doing good. I don't see any problems other than a little bit of indigestion or something in the, in the tummy. Are you, Timmy, are you taking protein uh, shakes or something like that? Because it's not digesting well. No, he says he's not taking protein shakes. Yeah. Well, something's not digesting well in, in his tummy. Any digestion problems? Any tummy problems, Timmy? <laughs> no, he's shaking it off. Yeah, okay. All right. That's but, it. Uh, Otherwise, in good health. All right. Well, and, listen. He's, and he's behind me. I'm not looking at him. So, uh, you know. And how about yours truly? How am I doing? You're in good shape. Uh, blood pressure up and down a little bit. A little bit of uh, blood sugar issues. Just just mild, minor. Uh, you have like uh, hypo the uh, hypo th- the thyroid. Let me get that one. Thyroid is is uh, uh, not hyperactive, but hypoactive. A little sluggish. Right. And that's a huge issue now uh, with with people. Apparently, the thyroid issues. What's going on? Well, all the glandular—it's called the endocrine system. All, the hormonal therapy has been overlooked. It should be men and women should be paid attention to, because when you do that, the chemistry in your body works well, and you don't get depressed. And you need to get more light. Okay, you need to get out there and get a tan. A lot of vitamin D issues. Here. My kids are telling me that. They say, "Dad, you're pale." Well, yeah, pale. I'm not just looking at you pale. Is that you're? you're <laughs> You're, you need you need a lot of vitamin D and and sun. Uh, you know if if you suffer from a sluggish thyroid and you're a little pale, then you're headed towards. I got to get back to Greece. Is what I need to do. Mm. All right, Douglas. A always pleasure. a pleasure. A Thank pleasure. you, my friend. Douglas James dot com. Thank you for having me, Richard. It's always a pleasure to see you, my friend. God All bless. Right. Victor Vigiani and the NORAD documents. When the conspiracy show continues, right after this. When you look at the sky, ever wonder if someone's looking back? This is The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett. Welcome back. Victor Vigiani is uh, with us now, joining us uh, by Skype. And uh, Victor uh, usually joins us whenever we delve into uh, the UFO extraterrestrial arena. And he, of course, is the executive director of Zeland News Network. And uh, Victor, uh, as it turns out, is quite the investigative reporter and has been... Uh, for a number of years, sort of, uh, I guess, amassing some documents, uh, perhaps through the Freedom of Information Act. We'll find out here in a, in a, in a few moments uh, about that. But this this has to do with uh, Canadian Air Force pilots, perhaps interacting um, with UFOs. And uh, Victor's ongoing battle to get some answers from, well, he went right to the top in this case. He, he um, contacted then Defense Minister Peter McKay here in Canada, and uh, had a rather sort of laugh-out-loud response, but um, we'll get to that right now. Victor Vigiani, welcome once again, my friend. How are you? Just fine, Richard. How are you doing? I'm very well. So, what are these documents exactly that you have, and how did you get them? 
Well, initially, uh, back in late 2008 and uh, early 2009, uh, the process was rather a long and arduous one. I had found out through some pilots that I had uh, contact with just after a symposium back in 2005, several pilots did communicate with me. Actually, three of them did. And uh, one of them specifically said to me, Richard, that, oh, yes, we were, our, our jets are scrambled all the time to, uh, to go and chase after these things or um, whatever those, what they call unknown tracks are. And uh, it sort of tweaked my interest. And um, as a result of that, I formulated several freedom of information requests, and, and that's, uh, that's an American term, actually. Um, our term is access to information, AIA, here in Canada. And um, uh, I, I sent out one request initially. I, I think it was, uh, boy, late 2007, early 2008. And uh, I didn't get much back because I didn't ask the right question. When you um, ask uh, the access to information uh, people for information, you, you have to be very, very specific about what you ask for. They, they were like pulling a Mayor Rob Ford on you. Have, do you do drugs? No, I do not do drugs. Do you smoke yeah. crack cane? No, I do not. Have you ever seen a UFO? <laughs> exactly. If you don't ask the right question, you don't get the, uh, the answer that you're looking for. So after, uh, it, it's like playing a, a ping pong game, uh, you know, back and forth against the wall. You, you, the ball keeps on coming back to you with, with no, uh, with no spin on it. So, um, uh, I, I, eventually I, I asked the right question. And, uh, I think this was after three, three, uh, three sessions with them. And, uh, what they did was they sent, they sent back to me, uh, well over 90, 90 pages, 94 pages actually, uh, about, um, different kinds of UFO events, uh, files, uh, air traffic controller, um, logs, uh, uh citizen reports. And uh, pr- pretty boring stuff, actually. Uh, it was really not that that consequential. But in the middle of all of those files was uh, a NORAD status and events uh, document, a secret NORAD status and events document. And, and if people are listening on the internet, uh, they they can go right now to um, uh, to, to to the website Zeland Communications Blogspot. Uh, that's where the um, the Canadian NORAD jets. Uh, um, uh, document is listed. If you want to look at all the documents, they're right there. And if you want to pan through them, they're all they're all right there too. So they they sent me these um, uh, six pages, and it's it begins Richard with a, a virtually uh, a blank page, uh, and it's uh, released under the 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 air um, the AIA Information Act unclassified, and the document um, reads significant events, and there's one uh, sort of rectangle. And it says unknown tracks at W108. It's all filled with technical terms, all kinds of uh, navigational terms. Track remain unknown and faded out at whatever number of feet. But it, it, basically, Richard, the entire document, the first page, uh, 90% of it is, is redacted under uh, Section S115, Section 1, uh, which uh, refers to the fact that it has to do with national security. So that first page is entirely redacted. And then if you go on to page 2... A very similar kind of document, a little bit more verbiage in it, but they talk about unknown tracks at a certain altitude. It is also about 50% uh, redacted. And then we go on to page um, page three, which has 
about 57 lines in it. And you've got to, if you're looking at the document, it's really kind of strange because they, they, um, the air traffic controller lists each moment by moment, literally almost second by second um, uh, event for each jet. These jets take off at uh, 1155.28, and then they're in the air and doing something. They're joining something at 1155.38, and their next move is, move is 1156.08. So there's lines here, Richard, that tell uh, the air traffic controller what these jets, these two CF-18 jets, after they take off out of Comox Air Force Base out of Vancouver, they, they list what these jets are doing literally second by second. There's maybe 15 or 20 seconds between each one of these events. And they're flying in the air, and these things were, were um, uh, told to take off and go and chase these, these three unknown tracks. Unknown tracks. Uh, is there any further description? Uh, uh, airspeed, um, aerial maneuvers, shape, size, color? No, nothing like that at all. Uh, they, 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 they talk about um, altitude. Um, later on in the document, uh, they don't talk about uh, speed other than uh, later on in the document, uh, I think it's on page 3 or page 4, uh, a medical evacuation jet, a Lear 35 medical evacuation jet out of Anchorage, uh, Alaska, uh, was in the area uh, where these tracks were seen. And it communicated with the air traffic controllers that they had seen these things, the, these two things, but they could not keep up with them. That's what it says. It says on page uh, four, it talks about these Learjets actually making some sort of either visual or radar contact with them, but they weren't able to keep up with them. That's exactly what the, the Learjets said to the air traffic controllers. So, um, you know, the top speed of those aircraft is probably the Learjets. You're talking probably um, three to 400 miles an hour, uh, you know, at, at that altitude. So the, these things were, were doing much more much more of a speed than, than, than that. My estimate is probably well over uh, four to 500 miles per hour. So that's the only indication of, of the kind of, of speed these things are traveling at. Well, what uh, then would lead you, uh, I guess, to, uh, I don't know, speculate that these might be, I don't know, some sort of extraterrestrial vehicle? Could they not have been, who knows, like a MiG a, a, a Russian fighter, uh, a Russian uh, jet of some sort, or uh, some sort of, you know, foreign aircraft. Mm-hmm. Well, that's that's very common. Uh, a lot of times, what happens is is um, uh, NORAD will pick up uh, radar um, of, of any kind, and what happens is the first thing to look for, Richard, is a, a transponder signal. Okay, that's the first thing they look for. And these these craft that were um, uh, that were located by the radar to begin with had there was no transponder signal at all. There was no uh, emanating signal. The, a transponder, for, for those who, who might not know, uh, every aircraft that, that that takes off has to have a transponder which sends out a signal to tell any aircraft that's in the vicinity or any um, air traffic controllers on the ground where that aircraft is. And it uh, essentially it says, <clears throat> excuse me, it says, I'm here, I'm sending out a signal, here's where I am, if you need to locate me, here's my frequency, and uh, I, I'm here in, in, the, in the airspace. These, these things did not have any kind of transponder at all, or the transponder that, that they may have had was not functioning. 
Well, if you're if you're in, you know if you're flying into um, another country's airspace and you don't want to be detected, wouldn't you simply switch your transponder off? Or could they, you- they could do yeah, they could do that. Okay. But the problem there, uh, Richard, was that these two um, CF-18s actually got up to the altitude as to where these things were. Okay, and uh, on page three of the document. Um, the the, um, uh, the 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 CF-18s actually said yes we are 90 seconds away from the target, and then as they approach the target, uh, they actually um, on, on page four said they made contact with the document with, with the with the object contact. So quite, they they made contact with it. It says it exactly that on line it's, it's about 12 lines on the bottom. Of, um, of page uh, the NORAD page three document actually the, the the number of the page is page eighty nine but I have numbered it page three in my in my listing and it says on uh, the, the the line first of all it says time to target with the CF eighteen is ninety seconds and the next line reads CAD SMCS YQQ CF eighteens have contact at thirty five thousand feet so that in essence tells me uh, that these CF eighteens made some sort of contact. It doesn't say visual or it doesn't say radar. It says have contact. So whatever it was, Richard, be it MiGs or be it a, a, you know, a jet airliner that may be off course, they made contact. So they, in fact, would have known if it was a Russian Russian MiG or they would have known that it was a, an airliner that's off, um, uh, that's off, off its uh, flight path. So, in fact, it says, and this is, the, this is the really big news here, it says that CF-18s have contact at 35,000 feet. And that is, um, you know, definite proof that these, that these jets made contact with something. Now, you, uh, you took this information uh, to the, uh, the, the de- then defense minister uh, here in Canada, Peter McKay. Mm-hmm. Yep. And what was his response? Well, uh, the, the first the first thing I learned from uh, Mr. McKay's uh, response, and I've got it here in front of me, is in the, in the interest of standardization, let me establish the, the North American. He starts getting into all different kinds of uh, of, uh, of, of babblegog that <laughs> is basically undecipherable. The bottom line is that he could not find this document. He 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 went to the dates that I had. He went to other other incidents um, that he had, I guess, his officials look for uh, for him. And one of them was a, a you know an airline jet, uh, a, a Japanese or rather a, a Chinese uh, jet that, uh, airliner that they, they didn't know it was off track. They guided it back uh, on onto onto its course. Okay, China Airlines, and there was another one that they couldn't explain. But it, it, the the fact of the matter was. Uh, this was this the other one was over Baffin Island. He 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 did not have any kind of response at all, and could not find the actual document that that his own department had given me. So in fact, he really had no idea what was going on about the specific incident that I have cataloged and that the Access of Information National Defense Department sent to me. And this is the physical document; it's right there. And I don't understand for one moment why this man uh, could not find these documents. 
And uh, it, it really kind of is very, very confusing that the Minister, minister of Defense here in Canada, the, then Minister, could not locate the, these particular documents. And then he goes on to say, well, Mr. Vigiani, you know, not knowing all the circumstances around uh, the incident that you're referring to, uh, we would just like to explain this to you as either a, 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 an aircraft that um, has a non-functioning or has no transponder at all, or they are, and I'm going to be quote-writing now, uh, a flock of birds. A flock 30, of birds at 35,000 feet. At 35, now, I know no ornithoid capable of flying at 35,000 feet. So uh, what we have here is a situation, Richard, very clearly, that the Minister of Defense is, is uh, he's flying blind. He has no idea what we're talking about. He has, um, his, his, his department is, is unable to find these documents. He's unable to find these documents. And eventually, Richard, we're going to get to the bottom of why he made that kind of explanation based on literally no facts at all. Well, Victor, stay on the case. We know you will. And uh, thank mm-hmm. you for your, uh, your dogged pursuit of the truth, my friend. Yeah. Well, we're going to be sending out a whole lot of information to a number of um, high-level ministers in the in, in Parliament demanding answers, and that is going to be going out sometime this week, Richard. All right, my friend. We'll see you soon. Take care now. Victor Vigiani. Thank you, Tim Spreen, for production next week. Angelic Encounters with Rosemary Ellen Guiley and this secret U.S. plan to pull the plug on the Internet and cell phone communications. That's Department of Homeland Security. In the meantime... We'll see you next week. Move over, Aphrodite. I'm coming home. Good night.